Hello and welcome back to the Villa Filler podcast. I'm here as always with my good friend Dan Wiseman. Dan, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm just good, mate. It's been a pretty minute, hasn't it? It's been it a has. while since we last uh, last had time together. Obviously, a lot has happened uh, on the international stage since I last spoke to you. But um, nice, it's nice to be back talking club football, doing what we do best. Villa are back in action this weekend. Um, I missed it. I missed it, it. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a weird international break, obviously. Everyone will know. I think if you are uh, an Engl- if you if you're not from England, you've probably had a decent international break. In fairness, you know John McGinn, two man of the matches for Scotland. Dougie Louise played two lots of uh, ninety minutes, starting both games. Amazing for him. Uh, Emmy Martinez on the bench for Argentina. Uh, Conor Horahan, I don't think had a very good um, time with Ireland. Uh, but it's it's been a, it's been a bit of a mixed bag in terms of Villa uh, and. One thing, Dan, we were mentioning just before we went on out. I think the international break was much more enjoyable when we didn't have skin in the game. Like Jack yeah. Grealish, man of the match performance against Wales. What a performance it was, by the way. Uh, brilliant cross for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. That is a partnership which would be amazing to see down Villa Park one day. Uh, I doubt it would ever happen, but you know, Jack pulling up trees, play 75 minutes against Wales in a friendly, which I think as well, before we get into the deep of it, there shouldn't be international breaks during the middle of a pandemic, Dan. No, no, especially not friendlies. No. Like, it was, yeah, it was, and I know we can't complain too much because it was the friendly in which Jack got played. But yeah, yeah, it just seemed weird, man. It just seemed weird. I, I mean, I think, look, it's um, England are seemingly, and I was saying this before we came in, it's like England are seemingly back in that cycle of where like we're not fun to watch anymore. Um, yeah. And I, I remember that period, uh, like outside of the major tournaments, obviously there was the World Cup, which I'm having a bit of a gender with, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, he, uh, do you remember when we went to Spain and, and we played in Seville at, at Betis's ground and we battered them 3-0? Yeah. Do you remember that? Eric Dyer crunched Sergio yeah. Ramos. Yeah. <laughs> what a game. Sterling scored this amazing goal. And um, yeah, England were like, I was like, wow, like, isn't it finally good? Like we have this... It was like when we, this this crop of exciting talent was was first starting to emerge, and um, you know, what well, was as you said, there were no villa players involved in it. Like England, were just like we were really taking it to these top positions. We seemed to have this really um, engaged and aggressive and and full um, full bodied like style of playing. Like it was just genuinely enjoyable to watch England, and now we've sort of regressed into how it was like pre-Euro 2016 when it's just yeah. grueling and like you feel like England have this bank of talent but we have to grind the games out um, and uh, yeah look I don't think um, you know Southgate is the FA's golden boy um, you know I think that that World Cup has done him done him a lot of favours to, to say the least um, and I think you know how long he's been within the England setup will will mean you know he's, he's going to be a pretty um, you know pretty tough man to move in terms of Placing the job, I don't. I think you know he's um, like regardless of you know he's a little while off getting the sack. I, I don't think it, it will happen. Any, I think something pretty drastic is going to have to happen before he's replaced. Um, but no, I think you know what happened with Jack is is you know annoying. But Ty got a lot of minutes, and that, yeah. that was good to see. Um, and as you said, so much went on for the for the other Villa players. Um, shout out to John again because again he's doing bits with Scotland, captain them the other night. Um, it's a shame that Connor. Ireland went out, uh, and, you know, and didn't make the Euros, um, but he scored his penalty. Matt Doherty, I think, hit the bar. Dougie had a great international break. Emmy Martinez, it's just great to see him going away and being with 
been with the squad. Uh, Bertrand Traore was playing for Burkina Faso. Yeah. Yeah, all, all this sort of stuff going on. So, yeah, as well, so it's annoying that Jack didn't get the minutes that we want. And um, that is the most frustrating thing. It was, you know, overall uh, a pretty good international break for, for a lot of Villa players. And so, um, yeah, there, there are some positives in there. And obviously, Dean Smith's press, press conference was this morning. Um, feels like everyone's had a really good break himself, you know, echoing the, that kind of sentiment. I think it really helps um, Ross Barkley not being included in the squad. Just extra few weeks on the training ground with the lads. Uh, as well, shout out to Jacob Ramsey um, for, yeah, for England for sure. in the 20s. He had a really good international break, uh, scored a few goals by the sounds of it. And uh, what a player. Really excited to see him. It's a shame that we obviously got knocked out of the Carabao Cup because that was his kind of time to shine. Um, you know, maybe maybe see him involved in the squad on the bench um, like we did against Fulham. I think, uh, you know, when the FA Cup comes back around, you know, a bit later on in the year, that's when we'll see a bit more of Ramsey again. But really exciting stuff to see. Um, some nice stories as well about how he uh, constantly stays behind after with Richard O'Kelly to train. It's, it's really positive stuff you like to hear. Um, and it's good to see the, the club using the socials to, to kind of give us a bit more output on the academy lads, on Jacob. There was there was a nice five-minute interview with Jacob. Um, mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. It just makes it makes everything so much more accessible in Villa. I doubt you're listening to this podcast. I really do. But we want more academy content. Twitter is screaming out for it. We want to see these players that are coming through. We yep. want to see we want to see games being streamed if possible. These interviews. We just want to we want to know that the, the, you know the lads we've got coming through um you know they may have a chance of making it and to be fair jj has absolutely proven that at the moment so it's really good to see that dan um and i guess as we're going back into premier league action the one of the big you know talking points over the past few weeks uh between project big picture uh and, and sky sports has been the pay-per-view um for these new uh newly broadcasted Premier League games, which is uh, incredibly frustrating because obviously with how the games are being broadcast and, you know, you guys who are maybe new to the channel or tuned in during lockdown, obviously we had every single game broadcast on Sky, BT, Amazon, uh, even the BBC were getting involved. There was not a single Premier League game that wasn't shown until this weekend, which is incredibly frustrating. And look, I'm not naive to the fact Sky, BT, you know, the Premier League, they need to make money. I understand that. And, you know, from a business standpoint, um, I can I can perhaps understand why there were people behind this decision that went, I think we should start charging. But when you've been given as a product that we've been getting, uh, you know, 100%, uh, you know, more value from as, as consumers, uh, to suddenly take that away and then put it behind a paywall, uh, it, it's it's a really poor move. It really is, and uh, I think they thought they could get away with it, but you know, especially with you know, depending on where you are in the country, if you're going into another lockdown, your job may be potentially uh, you know <laughs> up in the air. Be put on this new furloughish scheme. People don't have fifteen pounds to pay, and uh, you know, one of our own, Ennio Aluka, <laughs> again in the headlines wow. for That's poverty good. shaming, essentially. Um, People, people will pay. Uh, listen, football's a working class sport and watching live games, and I've had this debate with, with, with Charlotte, um, is that, you know, she's kind of against the idea of season ticket holders. I guess she doesn't really understand, obviously, because she's not really a, a match-going fan, but um, uh, paying 
like like you and I, Dan, we're season ticket holders. We pay for the privilege to go every week. Obviously, not everyone can afford to go to games every week, which you know I 100% understand. But fundamentally, going to live football and watching your team is and always will be cheaper than paying the the packages to watch Sky Sports, BT Sports. You know, you're looking at, at upwards of you know 70 pounds a month to mm -hmm. to enjoy every Premier League game. Now, I don't know about you as much as I love football, Dan, and I, you know, I'm lucky enough to, to, to be able to watch that on TV. And obviously, <laughs> a few months back, was able to, to go to home and away games. Uh, if it was one or the other, it would 100% be um, watching live games. And you know, I understand not everyone has that kind of disposable income, um, but I think the feeling very much is with football fans, they will always find a way. Um, uh, and as I say, look, I'm, I'm completely aware there are people who, who can't afford to go um, and which is exactly why this pay-per-view shouldn't be a thing. Uh, you know, the value of these games, uh, whilst the, the monetary value that, that, that the TV rights have um, have gone for has, has stayed the same, the value per game is less because they're getting more games. Uh, and obviously that's not what the Premier League want. That's not what Sky or BT want. Um, so we're now in this situation where we've been, uh, they've essentially gone, well, yeah, we did this out of goodwill. Uh, now, if you want to watch um, Villa Leicester, £15, please. Um, now, I don't know about you, Dan, as I say, I'd much rather, uh, you know, I'm sure there's other ways and I'm not endorsing other ways of, uh, of, of finding this, but it's, it's such an incredibly frustrating situation. Uh, and it's a way that these companies can leverage more money out of you. You know, they're going to, potentially pick the big games of the weekend. Um, you know, it, it's probably only a matter of weeks until uh, the Manchester derbies behind the paywall, you know, the, the big yeah. games that everyone wants to see. Um, it's, I know, I know you echo the same sentiments, Dan, but, but talk to me about that because it's, it's just so frustrating. No, for sure, mate. Uh, and look, I think, you know, we'll come on to the sort of, sort of wider issue that is project big picture in a sec, but you know, I, I'm going to sort of like a bit of a personal anecdote. Um, and I, I related to this, man. It's like, so uh, obviously we had the news the other week that Cineworld were going to go out of business. Mm. Like, you know, they were struggling with it and everything. I was like, and I was like, I love going to the cinema, man. I was like, I always enjoy it. I've done it a few times since, you know, we came out of lockdown and the cinema's open and everything like that. And so um, to my girlfriend, we went down to the, the Cineworld at Resorts World. Yeah. And the NEC. We we're going to go see Tenet. Because um, oh, wow. Christopher Nolan, a big fan of this one. And I was like, yeah, we'll go see Tenet. I'm looking forward to seeing this. We got there. And I was like, yeah, can we have two tickets to see Tenet, please? And she was like, yeah, that'll be £34. It was like it was like £17 for a ticket to go. And I was like, no, I was like, yo, for, for an hour and a half's entertainment for a film that I may or may not enjoy. Um, like, I'm not paying that. And I was like, you wonder why you're going out of business. You wonder why you're struggling. You're charging these people this money. And it's the same principle. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, and this is why Enya Lucas, and it's not the first time since she, like, she's tweeted has, has pissed no. me off. And I'm like, I, like, you know, I think I, I like, I really like that we gave her the platform. I really like that we gave her this position. I really think that we're taking women's football seriously, that we're, yeah. we're employing people of stature and of reputation. To, to help our women's team as they make that step up into the, the women's top division. But she tweeted, for someone that has, as you know, I was like, I was researching and she was like, she had an 18 year playing career. Um, and she missed the mark so badly. Yeah. And it's like, football fans, like, 
when you buy a football ticket, you don't just rock up to Villa Park two minutes before the match starts, sit down in your seat and then leave two minutes before the end. It's the whole thing. It's the going to the pub, it's the eating the shitty fucking burgers outside the, the stadium. It's like, you know, being there with your mates and being part of the community. And it's like, if you win, it's like going for a few more drinks after. It's like the controversy, it's the discussion. Like there's this whole day out that makes buying that football ticket so worthwhile and it's why like they are expensive yeah like what you know we we, we're students uh and so you know money is hard to come by and you know we we still we still find the time to get down the villa and like mate it it breaks the bank and like you know i feel really does i think hey football is is too expensive as it is I like I think especially considering where we've been for a long time I think some of the prices that I paid in the champion like I went to the dreaded Bolton away day (laughs) And I was like, I'm glad I passed up on that one. I have this massive court board in my room, and it's got all my football tickets pinned up on. And I was like, sort of, you know, getting a bit nostalgic. I was like, I'm missing going to football games. I was like, flicking through all the tickets. I found the Bolton away day ticket. I paid 35 quid, and I was like, whoa, that's the one of the worst days. One of the worst away games. I was like, freeze 35 pounds to freeze away at Bolton. I was like, what is that about? But look, man, no, it comes back to um, this project, big picture, and I, I think that's a, that's a good time to tap into it. I think I'm glad that it's been condemned and the Premier League clubs aren't are getting on board of it. Um, I don't think there was enough done to educate football fans on exactly what it was. Like I had to like before mm. we were coming up there, I was like I fully had to go and research into like yeah because there was the big the big things we were advertised it's like reducing the Premier League to eighteen teams abolishing the League Cup and Community Shield like those things were really echoed but there were so many other layers to it that I don't think they did enough to educate people on um, and that I had to go searching for um, and when you really get your teeth into it and you see it for what it is um, it's so good that it's rejected but also so concerning that. All it took was, uh, you know, a few Premier League clubs to go the other way. I think they only needed 14 votes. And um, the, the English footballing landscape could be changed for the worse forever. Yeah, it's, I think as well, there was some really sort of uh, cheap tricks to try and get people on board for some of the people who who did look deeper, like £20 cap on away tickets, free travel to away games, all this kind of stuff. If you can afford to do that at two teams' expense in the Premier League, then surely you can afford to do that now. Like that's, And that's something that's been debated for so long, like the, the, the cap on away tickets, free travel, stuff like that. This isn't a new issue. And I think the big thing with this is the news that these talks have been ongoing for six years. So... It's fair to assume that this is, say, the 50-something draft of this, yeah. uh, which and it still is terrible, which is what's most shocking about Project Big Picture. And um, I think it's, it's the arrogance of it more than anything, Dan. The Because, um, you know, look, we're going to save English football by uh, essentially kicking two teams out of the top four pyramid you know, at, 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 at their expense. That's where that money's coming from. Uh, and it's really, it's shameful um, that United and Liverpool did this behind people's backs. And uh, really, I think, <laughs> it's a sign of the times, really. I think this probably came to fruition uh, around the time where Leicester have won the league because obviously they stayed up, they win the league. Uh, and and then there's a real threat that, crap, this could happen again. Um and they don't want the status quo to be 
ruined. Now, I live with a Manchester City fan, Alex, my best friend. He doesn't want this. I don't think I've spoke to any top six fans that I know that that genuinely want this because it's it's taking away the competitiveness of it. it you're creating a league within a league that um, is almost there, but, you know, it, it can still be breached. We're looking at Wolves. We're looking at Leicester. Um, you know, dare I say it, we're looking at Villa. Um, Everton, these are teams that are trying to breach into this uh, top six, um, you know, with, with air quotes, because I really don't like the idea of it. Um, of it of it being a top six and a bottom fourteen, I think it's quite tedious. Um, it's it's just a way of of making sure no one will ever compete with you and 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 farming essentially the best talent and prospects that are coming through from the other fourteen uh, and, and taking them to there because you know if if this happened, I think we could probably kiss goodbye to Jack Grealish. That's for sure. Um, Definitely, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's such a and as you say, it's like. When you see that, um, you know, obviously those the the longest serving Premier League teams, of which there are nine, the top six, and Everton, West Ham, and Southampton would be getting preferential treatment. So already there, you've got an elite band, and yeah. you're adding Everton, uh, West Ham, and Southampton to that. And you say, right, so only if they wanted to remove the Premier League chief executive, they only need a vote of six teams out of twenty to do that because they have this special power and like I said when you look at it I was like reading that so in amongst it obviously it's, it's Liverpool and United that have put them through and the, the Glazer and the, um, the Henry's like eight games of Liverpool and United season were going to be solely dedicated to their owners sole stream like their own streaming platforms so like already we're taking games away from United yeah. and Liverpool fans and like so and, and, and like this is this shows that it's it's more sort of greed orientated than anything else because then they're they're disadvantaging their own fans. That doesn't affect any of the any other eighteen teams. But there's eight games, which is a lot, especially oh, if yeah. you're taking down to eighteen teams. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of proportion in the season, which again is another stream platform. It's, it's another like you know, it's another Sky, another BT, another Amazon Prime. You've got to pay your TV license to watch the games on BBC Sport. And then if you're a Liverpool United fan, you've got to buy your owner's own streaming service to watch the game. Like, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and um, look, I mean, you've got to. And I, this is just a worrying start of like, and it really woke me up as to what's rumbling behind football. The fact that yeah. what we're not seeing and like the fact that the, this must have been bubbling for so long and we just had no idea and look like you know there's no I'm no stranger to the fact that look there's a lot of money in English football mate and with a lot of money comes corruption and all those dangers and look I don't think you know there's all this sort of the Premier League is the best league in the world this is all singing all dancing like football pinnacle that everyone and I do think there's there's almost certainly a dark side to it that we don't see and I think this is just perhaps that sort of coming to the fore and look the fact that all clubs rejected the movement. The fact that it was almost instantly voted unanimously against was was a sort of glimmer of hope that you know not even one team had their heads turned by this. And the fact that good things have come out of it, like you know those those grants and interest free loans, which total I think seventy seven point two million being paid to the EFL to help them through the COVID crisis and and everything like that. I think that's good. Uh, and Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think you know the Premier League to do have, definitely have a responsibility to, to help the teams in 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 the tiers below, 
Um, but look, mate, it, it's one of those where, um, you know, you, you almost feel like the less said about it, the better. And I just want to sort of forget that it ever happened, forget that it was ever debated. Um, and that this, this so nearly happened to the game. Um, but just losing like the League Cup uh, and the Community Shield and, and stuff like that. And I mean, look, I know the Community Shield isn't, isn't exactly, you know, a premier competition in the world football, but I love it. It's I love that it. It's, it's, it's a curtain raise and it gets me excited for it. Like, you know, the fact that you've got the start of the season, but like the weekend before you've got these two top teams. It's always two great teams meeting at Wembley and like you've got all the new players on show, the new kids. And it's like this big curtain. Like, I really look forward to winning show and, and like, I always enjoy it. Um, and like, you know, losing those two would be, would be so detrimental, mate. But look, I think, as you said, like, you know, you and I could sit here and, and rant about it all day, mate. But yeah. Um, it is what it is. I'm very happy it won't be happening, and uh, hopefully it's a bit of a wake up call. And I, you know, I don't want to see anything like this happening again. Absolutely, as you say, the less said about it, the better. It's been brushed away. I don't doubt that something like this may come up again in the future. But I think you know, with how unanimous, unanimous it has been, uh, people's disapproval, then uh, you know, hopefully uh, it either calls for them to make a better deal or no deal. Uh, so yeah, less said about that, the better. But obviously, Dan. We've touched on it, the Leicester game, behind pay-per-view. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think just one last thing on the pay-per-view. If you want change, uh, just don't like, don't watch it. Don't pay the money. Um, find other ways because otherwise this is going to become the normal. Um, but on the game itself, Dan, I'm in two minds as to whether the international break's done us any favours or, or, or hindered us. Uh, I think obviously coming off the back of a huge win against Liverpool, which isn't being spoken about nearly enough as I'd like to. Um, Greg's been mentioning it a few times in our lectures, but obviously he can't say much as uh, his United <laughs> stuffed 6-1 by Spurs. Um, but I think uh, the break will probably allow us to have not have got too complacent. I mean, you just got to look at, as we touched on earlier, John McGinn's man of the match performances, Dougie Louise is kicking it with Neymar and, and Casemiro and, and just, you know, some of the world's best ballers. Uh, with Brazil, these guys have been, you know, uh, essentially at the top of their games for the past two weeks. Coming back, really good opportunity to build on this. Obviously, this is second versus third, early Champions League qualification decider, I'd say, Dan. Because um, as well, you know, you just got to look at the other game that's happening on on, on the Sunday is uh, the Merseyside derby, uh, which again is another clash which is going to directly affect us near this top of the table. Uh, so it's it's going to be a big game. Leicester have had somewhat of a confusing season, I'd say, you know, uh, from from pumping City uh, 5-1, 5-3, whatever it was, to losing 4-0 to West Ham. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, I, I don't want to say he's been caught out, but I think uh, things have maybe got a bit stale. Maybe they needed to add one or two more players. Um, saying that, though, looking at someone like Castagna has, you know, just revolutionised the way Leicester play. They play with this back three now, essentially, uh, which will be interesting seeing Villa, Villa coming up against that. Uh, overall, I think this is going to be a, a really exciting game, Dan. Yeah, mate, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So you know, the Leicester team was it was a freak result against West Ham. Like that three 0 last that they started the season well. They they went three 0 against West Brom in the opening day, put four past Burnley, put five past City, won those three games, was sitting pretty, and then they just capitulated against West Ham. Like it just fell apart. Lost 3-0 at home. Um, yeah. Mikel Antonio just had a field day against that back line. Um, and uh, it, it, 
sort of then they went into the, into the Arsenal break and it's, it's really sort of I can't imagine that that you know has had anything but a, a quite a big impact on the squad. Look, there's there's a lot of players out for this game, so um, you know there's there would be certainly without um, Ndidi, Daniel Amati, and Ricardo Pereira, which are three three big losses. Big and then doubtful as well. You've got uh, Dennis Pratt, uh, James Madison, and Philip Benkovic. So there's another three players that are without, and certainly this Leicester team starts to look really different when you take Madison out of there and stuff like that. Look. It's not an easy game for us to go and play. We haven't been Leicester away since 2006, which is quite remarkable, really. Um, and we haven't beaten them away in the league since 2004. I mean, we did beat them 5-0 that day. Peter Crouch scored a double. Nice. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing is with Leicester is, is you know, Euro- uh, Champions League and Europa League football is back next week, people. Rejoice. It feels like it's, it's just left us, but it's back. Leicester have their first Europa League game on Thursday, so they'll have yeah. one eye on that. They play, and you know, given um, how far Wolves got in the competition last year, I think Leicester will be really looking at this competition. Like we could, like not necessarily win it, but they can make real headway. Like yeah. considering what they were doing in the Premier League for for so much of last season, I know they sort of fell off towards the end. But like, if you're Leicester, you're sort of looking at this like, hey, like you know, we could we could really go and make ground this year if Wolves did it. Why can't we? Um, so they had they start off against the uh, Ukrainian side uh, Zoya Luhansk uh, on Thursday. So uh, you know Villa is, is the tougher game out of the two, but <laughs> they'll be wanting to, to start that to start that uh, Europa League game with with confidence and, and you know really make a name. So there's sort of one eye on that. And when you look at how Villa are playing, um, I think it will be a really tight game. I, I don't think we'll get the same Leicester that, that lost three 0 to West Ham, and if we do, I'll be very surprised. Um, but Villa, like when you're looking at it, like it's like you know, if we go and beat Leicester or get a positive result there, and and Liverpool beat Everton, we might be top of the league. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> we like we're in this position. Obviously, I don't expect this to last come the end of the season. Although that would be amazing. Uh, we have had a few comments saying. Temper your expectations and believe you me, me and Dan are very much tempered, but you can't help but get giddy and excited about Villa sat in second in the table. Um, Kazoo top in the Premier League and they're going to be paying a lot of money to charity this season with with all the goals that us and Everton have scored so far. Brilliant cause, by the way. Um, But no, I think this is a really good opportunity um, to to really show what we've got. And I think it was maybe Ashley Priest who tweeted it saying... um, Smith will be quite upset that there aren't fans there because um, we got we got relentlessly mocked at Leicester away. It was horrible. Uh, it really was probably one of my worst away games, especially in recent years. Um, that just you know the the chance you're going down, that kind of stuff. They really did uh, did hammer us that night. So you know this is re- a real good opportunity for Smith to go look at how far we've come. Uh, even, I mean, you know, obviously that we had the, the League Cup success against Leicester over the two legs. Um, but yeah, as I say, I think, you know, just kind of echoing the sentiments of the Liverpool preview. Again, this is another really good marker for where Villa are at in terms of performances, because, you know, if we go and beat Leicester, I think it's safe to say, and I know, again, it's early, so I'm trying not to get carried away here. But there's been a there's a very you know there's a level of consistency within the performances and within the results. Um, mm-hmm. Another clean sheet would be absolutely amazing. Um, 
and again, I think, you know, Grealish will probably come back with uh, a lot to prove. I think there's nothing more that that, that man can do, really, to, to get into this England team. Uh, it, it looks like it's almost indefinitely not happening. Uh, it, it's a, it's clearly a personal issue, which uh, I don't think anything Jack can do on the pitch will change uh, that relationship unless the FA get involved and say, listen, Gareth, you have to play this man, uh, which I don't think they will, again. Um but I mean, I think for me, Dan, the key battle is going to be uh, against this potential back three. I think the movement of Ollie Watkins is going to cause players like Soyuncu uh, and Justin, who we've seen slot- slotting at centre back as well. Uh, so many just different issues. I think we saw it against Liverpool. Uh, Watkins's movement mesmerised uh, Van Dijk. He didn't. Him and Gomez didn't know what to do. They're used to players like fronting them up. Uh, trying to beat them in this physical battle because I think that's very much how um, Van Dyke is portrayed, certainly in the media, is this, um, you know, uh, un- unbeatable figure. He's like, you know, it's like coming up against Bowser or something like that, yeah. you know, at the very end, like, you're not going to beat him. Um, but Watkins was smart about how he approached that. And uh, if you look at someone like Soyuncu, we saw how easily Courtney Horse rattled him. Uh, I think it's just it's just the mind games uh, of that potentially uh, a really interesting battle seeing uh, you know him face a runner you know Soinchu, um is you know probably the very definition of an athletic centre back I would say so I wouldn't say he's too far out of his comfort zone with that I just think it will be something that he's not uh, as as used to, to dealing with maybe um, Watkins runs are just intelligent again. Uh, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing Villa play again, Dan. It's just, uh, as I say, the international break has been so long and uh, to, to finally see uh, the boys dying the, the claret and blue. Yeah. It, it's going to be really good, Dan. But it's, it's been too long. It's been too long. And um, what a difference a season makes. How nice it is to say that going into a game against Leicester, we can look forward to it. We can yeah. look, we'll maybe expect a positive result. Who knows? And like, look, mate, yeah, just just so happy that we are back on, well, to say on telly, on box office. Um, you know, I'm not going to endorse um, potentially illegal ways of watching that game, but, you know, don't feel forced to pay £15 to, to watch that game. There are other ways of doing it, and that's all I'm going to say. You know, I don't want to see to see Villa fans missing out on, on watching that game. Um but look, I mean, hopefully we come away from it feeling feeling pretty good. And I say, mate, you know, I say, with them, if we if we win that game, and look, I, I think, you know, before you asked me, you asked me that deadly question, like what my prediction is. Uh, I think we'll, I think we might draw. Uh, I think that that's going to be yeah, no, mate, wow, yeah, hundred percent. Considering what this fixture was last season, uh, I take that in a heartbeat. I, I think um, if if we drew, drew this game and, and stayed unbeaten, um, you know, if, if we win four games in a row, that, that's crazy. I'm not ruling it out. Like, I think I think it could happen. I think we're going to go and make a real good account of ourselves. Um, but like, I think we will draw the game. I think we're going to see a different Leicester side. I think they've got an onus to, to respond to that. Um, they've got enough threats. You know, we, you know, when Jamie Vardy had an absolute field day against us last season, so you know, we, you know, we're well aware of the threats that. Leicester pose, but uh, you know we pose our own threats and we pose new ones, and I think that's what's really important is that teams that you know haven't figured Villa out yet, they haven't gotten that. You know we have, we still have new ad- elements to add to this team. We still haven't seen Traore at full blow, and, and so yeah, yeah I'm so excited to be a Villa fan at the moment, mate. And um, I'm I'm really looking forward to to uh, Sunday. What is it? Two days? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> it's gonna. It's waiting for that team graphic to come out an hour before kickoff. 
uh, just the build up. It's just it, it, it's not very often we've we've been able to say this over the past few years. Uh, you know, following the Villa and doing this podcast, and that we're so excited ahead of a match day. And uh, you know, while we're still full of this optimism and excitement, I think that's probably a good note to end the podcast on. Obviously, uh, depending on when you listen to this. Like the day we're recording is the transfer deadline day. I don't assume Villa to be doing any business. Um, yeah. But in a weird twist, side Ben Ram has apparently failed his medical at West Ham. Uh, a few people are saying, would you take him at Villa? Uh, well, if he's failed a medical, then no, um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but just thought we'd add that in. Obviously, Ben Ram has been kind of the, the saga of the summer. Obviously, since the European window shut as well, uh, Mila Rashitska hasn't joined uh these things happen. They, they do. Uh, if you want to hear more about transfers, Dan and I have done uh, an in-depth one on, on Villa's incomings uh, and then a generalised one who we think has had a very good transfer window in terms of the Premier League going through all their best signings. Uh, so that will be linked at the end if you want to check that out uh, in the end card. Uh, if you enjoyed this content, please do subscribe. We're growing really nicely again. Uh, you're probably bored of hearing me say this, but uh, I think when I was looking at the analytics on, on YouTube the other day, 70% of the people who watch the podcast uh, on YouTube, aren't subscribed. So if you are a part of that 70%, please do subscribe. Uh, it would mean the world to me and Dan. Uh, we've hit 3,000 recently. Um, uh, we're still yet to outline uh, the, the giveaway that we keep mentioning, but we will. There will be a subscriber goal for that, uh, and and we'll let you know all the terms in that um, in in due course. And yeah, if you enjoyed, just say please do subscribe. Comment your thoughts below. Uh, what your predictions are against Leicester, uh, and like the video. Up the villa. Jester's essential. The fulfilling this got potential. It's a main man, a hero. He's the main leader of the gang. Nah. Jester. 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 He's the main leader of the gang now. Nah. Jester.